Hiya, welcome to the first episode of Sketches of Significant Women. So basically, I had planned to do this episode ages ago, but we had a few issues, mostly to do with like workload and all that, but that's boring, so we're not going to talk about that. So the first person I've chosen to focus on was Marie Curie, and that was because I feel like she's, I don't know, she's just someone that you can't really ignore when it comes to science and women's science especially. So that's who our first episode will be focused on. So I hope you enjoy. So the first thing I wanted to do was just to give a bit of an overview of when she was born and when she died. So she was born on the 7th of November 1867 in Warsaw when it was part of the Russian Empire. And 1867, to give you a bit of context, was when Queen Victoria was on the throne in the UK and Charles Dickens also gave his first public reading in New York in December of that year, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, She died on the 4th of July in 1934 and she actually died in France. Um, 1934 was the year that Donald Duck made his cinematic debut. And also the 14th of June was when Mussolini and Hitler met for the first time in Venice. So to give a brief summary, she was a Polish and naturalised French citizen. She was the first woman to win a Nobel Prize. She was the first and only woman to win twice and in multiple sciences. She won her physics prize in 1903 and her chemistry prize in 1911. She was the first woman to teach at the Sorbonne in Paris and in World War I she drove extra equipment to the front lines for use in surgery. So Marie Curie was born Maria Salomia Skodowska. Both her parents were teachers actually. Her father was a physics and maths teacher which had a big influence on her interest in science, I guess you could say, because he used to bring home uh, equipment from the lab, which was quite a thing to do in in that time because the Russian government had actually outlawed lab education. Uh, She was youngest of five. She had one brother and three sisters. So she was part of a big family They weren't particularly well off because her parents had actually both been involved in uprisings to restore Polish independence from Russia. Her mother died of tuberculosis in 1878 when Marie was only 10 years old. I'm sure this had a massive impact on her life, especially as the youngest. But nonetheless, she still did really well at school. She graduated with a gold medal of excellence but then actually she suffered from a bout of depression. At the time women were not allowed to study at university in Poland so her and her sister went to a floating university in Warsaw which basically meant that they studied chemistry in secret to be to you know avoid being captured by the authorities They did this on Sundays and the location of the classes would change each week to keep covert. Uh, Her and her sister had an arrangement which meant that she worked as a governess 
until 1891 to support her sister's education and then they swapped and her sister supported hers. At this time she moved to the Sorbonne in Paris and she changed her name to Marie. In 1893, she graduated with a degree in physics, and then in 1894, she got her degree in maths. Her impressive work ethic actually earned her a scholarship to study the magnetic properties of steels. This is how she came to meet Pierre. So they met in 1894. He was a scientist working in Paris, and he had lab space, which she desperately needed to carry out her project. They married a year later. Marie submitted her work on steel shortly before their daughter Irene was born in 1897. During research I came across a diary entry by Marie which will be accessible for you in the resources blog post I'll put up. But basically she was saying how Pierre's father was really helpful with bringing up Irene because she felt that she shouldn't have to give up her work to look after their child, nor did Pierre. So rather than stopping in her research and becoming a full-time mother, she decided to seek out a doctoral project and no woman had achieved this at that point. So even at this early stage, she was a pioneer. A German physicist called Wilhelm Röntgen had discovered x-rays could travel through wood and flesh in December of 1895. In 1896, a French physicist called Henri Becquerel discovered that minerals containing uranium also transmitted these rays. Marie worked in a storeroom in Paris Municipal School, where Pierre also worked, and found that ray strength depended on the uranium content of the compound. She also investigated compounds containing thorium as they too gave off these rays. She coined this behaviour radioactivity. It was around this time that Pierre began to collaborate with her on her research and together they sought out discovery of an unknown element which caused radioactivity. In July 1898, they published a paper on their discovery of a compound which they named polonium they called it that because of Poland. And in December of that year, they announced radium, which came from the Latin word for ray. Their work continued to confirm their discoveries and they actually were working in an abandoned shed at this time. She says of the shed, yet it was in this miserable old shed that we passed the best and happiest years of our lives, devoting entire days to our work. Around this time, she lost significant weight because she, quote, forgot to eat and she became frequently ill, as did Pierre, but at the time they did not attribute their illnesses to their work, but it might well have been because of radioactivity. Industry began taking notice of their work and gave them premises where they could complete their research, extracting radioactive substances for medical use. In 1903, she completed her doctorate and was the first woman to do so in France. Pierre was given a position and a lab at the Sorbonne after the Nobel Prize win and Marie was named lab chief rather than a co-technician. 
They didn't actually attend the prize-giving ceremony in Sweden for their Nobel Prize because of illness. Pierre was killed by a horse-drawn carriage in April of 1906. She wrote, Crushed by the blow, I did not feel able to face the future. I could not forget, however, what my husband used to say, that even deprived of him, I ought to continue my work. She took up Pierre's Sorbonne post and was the first female professor there. She also convinced the French government and Pasteur Foundation to fund a research institute where she could work alongside eminent scientists. In 1906 to 1908, she taught physical science once a week at a cooperative school attended by her daughters, Irene and Eve. In 1910, her father-in-law died so she began hiring a string of unsuccessful Polish governesses to ensure that she could continue her work and that her children were still being looked after. In 1911, she was rejected membership by the French Academy of Sciences. The press even published reports of her seduction of one of Pierre's married students when the student in question had actually been in love with her. It also analysed her face and handwriting to expose bad racial characteristics. In 1911, she won her second Nobel and travelled to Sweden to accept it. The following month, she collapsed and had to take a break from work due to depression and possible kidney problems. But she returned to work in 1912, overseeing the Radium Institute's completion. In August 1914, World War I broke out and work was halted. She used her knowledge of x-rays to contribute to surgeries for saving soldiers' lives, for example, removing bullets and shrapnel. She really was dedicated to the war effort. For example, she convinced her wealthy acquaintances to donate vehicles so she could lead a fleet of x-ray machines to the front lines. She even took Irene with her on these trips, and the soldiers called the vehicles Petite Curies. Marie also prepared small dosages of radioactive minerals which could be administered to destroy diseased tissue. In 1918 the war ended and Marie went on an expedition across the US with her daughters. She returned with a gram of radium which was enough to fuel thousands of experiments and a lot of new equipment. She then worked to make the Radium Institute a scientific powerhouse where scientists could come and do research and just be quite free to explore because she was a proponent of thinking of ideas and carrying them out and the scientific method in general, really. She obviously passed this on to her daughter, Irene, and Irene's husband, Frederick, because at the Institute they discovered artificial radioactivity in 1934 and they went on to win their own Nobel Prize for this discovery. Marie had suffered ill health from the 1920s onwards, probably caused by years of radioactive material exposure. This led to her death in July 1934 from a plastic anema, which is a blood disease caused by radiation. She was buried by Pierre, and in 1995 she and Pierre were actually exhumed and placed in the Parisian Pantheon, and she's the first woman to be entombed due to her own merit. Her legacy is tenfold, really. She was one of the earliest figureheads for women in science. She's inspired countless 
female scientists and male scientists alike. I personally am very inspired by her. Uh, she proved that motherhood isn't a boundary in science and that childcare shouldn't be the sole responsibility of the mother. She often asked for awards to be given to research institutes rather than her or Pierre, which proves that she was dedicated to science rather than fame. She did not pattern the radium isolation process in order to allow research to progress unhindered by this bureaucracy. She was voted the most inspirational woman in science by the New Scientist magazine in 2009. 2011 was also named the year of Marie Curie in Poland and France. And many awards have been set up in her name, for example, one which allows young scientists to visit international labs to gain research experience. She has hospitals named after her in Warsaw and Paris, also the hospice charity in the UK. Also, a number of banknotes and stamps have bared her image. So overall, I've learnt so much from researching Marie's life and her legacy, and it's been really interesting. I'm glad that I chose her as our first topic for this podcast. Um, the things that I'm going to take away personally are firstly that she dedicated her entire life to science and she wasn't apologetic about that. I find that really inspiring that she wasn't embarrassed or ashamed by the fact that she had to work hard rather than dedicate her life to motherhood. I think that for female scientists, a lot of the pressure comes from yourself, especially when you have children, you feel like you should spend more time with your children rather than dedicating your life to science but she showed that you can do both and you shouldn't feel bad about that at all. Also I love that she dedicated a lot of her work to education and encouraging young scientists to pursue their dreams. Like she didn't patent something because she knew that it would benefit science a lot more if it was freed from this bureaucracy. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and I'm going to post a blog post which accompanies this, which gives you a few resources if you want to research further yourself or you want to do some further reading. That'll all be on the website, which I'll link. But basically, it's my blog, so gemmadavudian at wordpress.com. My next podcast will be on Alice Ball. So I hope you will stay tuned for that. Thank you. Bye.